0: The Spanish Announce Table.
1: Episode 425 of the Spanish Announce Table is finally live. We're live, pal. And Tom, Mm -hmm. before we get started, i got to say, for anybody uh, who's listening later on the podcast, I want to remind everybody that you can watch us live on the YouTube. Normally Thursday nights, sometimes Wednesday nights when people, myself, have something to do. Uh, and if you were watching mm-hmm. this live on the YouTube, you could chat along with us like Jeffrey Sills and Theo already are, patiently waiting as they were for us to to get our heads out of our collective rear ends and get this thing off live on the air, live streaming, so they can see mm-hmm. us. And for those that can't see us, Tom, we got to talk about the hat. Uh, I like your hat.
0: Yeah. Hey, man, look. It's the Tarmac Super Bowl 57 mm-hmm. Kansas City yeah. Chiefs hat.
1: Right, it is. Hot yes, off the presses. Right, it's 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 a nice hat. I I wish I had the hat. Oh. I need to talk oh. about the bill of the hat, Tom. Uh, you know, we always put up a fun background behind us, and we do that via the usage of green screens. And the bill of Tom's mm-hmm. hat is kind is it's it's turquoise, so it's kind of messing with oh. the green screen. So I don't know if you yeah. okay.
0: Well, right. yeah. Okay, so yeah, like I said, this was the uh tarmac hat which means yes. they got this hat when they uh got on the tarmac off of their plane so mm-hmm. this is the pre Super Bowl hat. Uh Tim I think I got you covered. One second.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. See this is the magic of, of workshopping this stuff live for everybody. So you should join us on the YouTube Spanish announce tube. Uh oh look at that.
0: How about this hat? This is the Super Bowl fifty seven championship
1: hat. About, right. Does this one
0: work better? The hat that oh, they man, give to the so cool.
1: winners of the, yeah, super, this is bowl. the right. mm-hmm.
0: super bowl winner hat right the Kansas city chiefs champions. won the
1: super Oops. bowl this year yeah did you know that yeah so you could get hats like that you could also to pair with your hats you could get a spanish announce table shirt which you can find at pro wrestling tees uh, just search for spanish announce table you'll find it but you know what folks want to talk about the wrestling we had a aew revolution Ooh, come which on. was awesome if you ask me but you will ask me a lot about it as we go throughout this episode and then, of course, just ending about half an hour ago, we had AEW Dynamite, uh, which I, I'm excited to talk about as well. And uh, Theo P. in the chat says, get bent, Eagles. <laughs> Sorry about your luck, Eagles. Uh, except Jason Kelsey. I like that guy. Um, and then we're going to talk a few things. Love about. Jason Kelsey. Then we're going to talk a few things WWE related, which is rare from us these days. But, you know, we like to, we like to chime in on well, what's happening. Well, we're
0: on more. the road. We're on the road to WrestleMania, so it only feels appropriate that we put a fucking roadblock in that shit, because it sucks. Except for one thing, which is honestly one of the best things they've ever done in the history of that godforsaken, soulless suckhole of a company called WWE. Yeah, we've got
1: a positive thing to talk about with WWE and a negative, so it's not just us shitting on WWE the whole time uh, when we get to that. <laughs>
0: Hey, so yes, we are doing this the night. Yeah, we are doing this the night of AEW Dynamite. So let's talk about AEW Dynamite. We'll do it in chronological order, starting with the top of the show. And it kicked off with, we'll talk about this in a little bit, Mm -hmm. but the AEW All-Atlantic Championship champion Orange Cassidy taking on challenger Jay Lethal. Uh, Man, I tell you what, I said this on our Twitter, at table show, uh, while I w- live tweet during the show, but the MVP of AEW honestly feels like Orange Cassidy. What do you think?
1: I think so, and I think they were even hitting on it from the commentary booth. T- and I think they talked about what fourteen of his last sixteen matches he's come out the victor, been going on a decent longest reigning All Atlanta champion at this point. I think short lived title so far. Well, yeah, but- there's been two. Yeah, yeah there's. Two. Oh, has there only been two? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been yeah. Pac.
0: And it's been a yeah. one Cassidy. It's Nothing like when, beats uh, when uh, it's like was when, it go ahead. I was going to say, it's like when Chris Jericho was the first AEW yes. inaugural champion, and he called himself the youngest AEW champion of all yes. time. It's like, yeah, there's not really history to this.
1: Yeah. There's not really history to this. And you know what? I feel like Jeffrey Sills is in the chat talking about it. Uh, so maybe we will bring that up after we discuss this match here. Uh, the, all okay. championship here but uh what the match itself i this was a fun match a great way to start dynamite uh, i think you mentioned it while you were live tweeting uh on twitter at table show you can follow us tom live tweets during the dynamites the rampages the special events and tonight was no exception uh but i think you were discussing here how like these guys just had great chemistry in the ring
0: yeah they really do for two guys that at least to so the best of my knowledge, don't have a lot of ring time together. You, you wouldn't know it by watching their matches. They they flow together well. And sometimes you just hit it off as far as in-ring chemistry with someone else. And these two guys have it in spades. So it was a really an enjoyable match. Uh, Orange Cassidy does pick up the victory. Uh, good psychology here because uh, Jay Lethal tried to hit the worst finisher, which is his, in pro wrestling with that stupid ass, I'm going to do a back spring bullshit, but he couldn't do it because the shoulder was injured, which then led to Orange Cassidy picking up the victory. So uh, I like the story that was told, the knees, uh, the injured knees of Orange Cassidy, the injured shoulder of Jay Lethal. And the reason why I said that uh, Orange Cassidy uh, is kind of the MVP of AEW is Yes, he is currently, and again, we'll get to it a little bit later because it changes a little bit, but he is currently, uh, as we're talking here, the All-Atlantic champion, but he didn't even defend that title on the pay-per-view on Sunday. He was in a title match for the tag team championships with Danhausen, just showing you the versatility of like, yeah, plug and play Orange Cassidy anywhere and it'll be fine or great.
1: Yeah, I I like Orange Cassidy a lot. Uh, I I do think... It can be formulaic at times, but it I still don't feel like it's ran its course either right i don't I don't feel like I'm tiring of it, which i th- I think most people with a singular gimmick that they kind of just hit on the 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 nail on the on the head as they say over and over and over again you kind of tire way quicker than I think we have with orange cassidy but that's also mostly probably because it's just cool right I mean he's he's portraying a guy who's too cool for school as it were but He does it in a way that's actually cool and it's fun. So what
0: I think is interesting is he's kind of done a pivot from when we started a W if you recall back when we started a W in 2019, the gimmick of orange Cassidy was, I don't even know if I have enough energy to get in this ring, right? It was, he's going to try, you know, that Mm -hmm. was the thing that was orange Cassidy was he's going to try But then he switched gears and kind of switched focus right around the time after Chris Jericho and that Mimosa Mayhem match that he had with Jericho, where then he went into kind of a mode of, hey, I'm too cool for school. Like you said, however, I'm here to fucking win championships and be the shit because I know I am. So there's been a little bit of a difference in his character without changing completely whole philosophy of who he is. So I still think that that is what helps him stay relevant. But I would agree with you. And I've said it before on the podcast, less is more with Orange Cassidy, even though as champion, you can do this and have him associated with other storylines or advance his own storylines. If it's going to be like with Yuta, for example. But if you really want to maximize the pop for Orange Cassidy, kind of like with anyone, really, if they're over, which he is, less is more. Have them showing up uh, you know, in Ricky Stark's dressing room, handing him uh, a dress shirt, you know, something silly like that. And it's like, ah, oh, Orange Cassidy, he's yeah. the best. So, but man, he has been killing it right here. So Orange Cassidy picks up the victory. Post-match, Jay Lethal distracts the referee because he's going to hit him with that golden globe, which can Paul fucking go get that back? I feel like he would want that, but we'll get to that later. Um, That distract distracts uh, the referee. And then old man, Jeff Jarrett, with his artificial hips and knees, comes strolling in there with his fucking guitar from when he was a baby in 1962 and hits old Orange Cassidy in the knee and then wobbles his ass (laughs) out while the best friends, you know, run him off. So what'd you think about Jeff Jarrett tangling with Orange Cassidy
1: now? Ah. Not happy about it. I don't. Look, Jeff Jarrett Again, if you're never watched wrestling and you were sitting down with Tim and Tom, we were like, "Check out this AEW. Jeff Jarrett's doing his job fine, right? Like he, he he's a he's a guy you don't like, you know. He he's beating on on people that that you do like. He says mean things. It's fine, but I just I think we all know the baggage that comes with Jeff Jarrett. We're all just done with it. So it just really is just I I don't." I, he, I, he's endeared to people in the back. I get that. I want to give him his credit, right? Like people like Jeff Jarrett that work in the wrestling industry. Right? So that's why he's still around. But man, I, I kind of wish he just wasn't on TV at this point. I'm not excited for this orange Cassidy thing. Like, again, it won't be bad. It'll be annoying.
0: Mm-mm. I think it'll be fine because I think what they'll do, because they are smart individuals is they're going to play on the, old southern wrestling type versus this new age i don't give yeah. a shit cooler than school orange cassidy and that will be the fun of the match
1: yeah where's the thing your respect me, for the for the veteran kind of thing right
0: right the thing with me and it's always been with me is i don't give a shit about the moves we talked about that a million times my thing is the story and with jeff jarrett he's a lesser version of of chris jericho where chris jericho especially starting out could win championships and tell interesting stories but honestly right now if we're all being brutally honest chris jericho is now a mid carter which is good it's fine not a slight on him but we know that like to a lesser extent all of his stories have been told right like there's nothing going to be new under the sun with chris jericho however he can pick up a big victory Well, the Diet Coke version of that is Jeff Jarrett, where it's, man, I don't even think you're going to win this fucking match, let alone a title, and you've told every fucking story you possibly can with your old ass, so I'm not interested when you hobble in there and fucking strut because you forgot where you're at, and it's not interesting. Like The story of Jeff Jarrett is not interesting to me. Now, if we peek behind the curtain, which we try not to do, but obviously with him, you kind of have to because he does a podcast where he tells you, Yeah, he's a carny. He's a carny piece of shit, right? Uh, Global force gold and fucking all the bullshit with TNA being the founder, getting kicked out, coming back in. Global force bullshit. Cody's your champion. Then he's not. Then the promotion goes away. And now he's an AEW. GCW was in there for a hot second, like a fever dream. And what the fuck, right? And so that's where it's just not interesting to me is because he's ran his course. You know, the only thing you're going to do with him is tell the same story you did in 2010 or something. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm not interested in him.
1: Yeah. And and I don't think with, with this particular feud either, again, we're watching for the stories, but we do know behind the curtains, like you said, with Jeff Jarrett, it was just like Jeff Jarrett's not winning this all Atlantic championship or whatever they called it at the moment. uh, But whatever it's, it's fine is what it is but i do want to talk about this i know we were going to go through chronologically but this yeah kind let's of jump ahead yeah yeah let's let's fit so <laughs> let's do you want to explain this tony khan announcement or or i don't even know well yeah to... let's
0: talk about it. so tony khan we go backstage tony khan standing by himself without renee young which i thought was an interesting choice uh just has the micro microphone and says essentially hey all lanes championship has been defended." Fully for its last time. Orange Cassidy is your champion. Now this championship was defended internationally. And so we're going to level up this championship in conjunction with the movie. Shazam. I thought that was Shaq side note. Wasn't Shaq Shazam. Wasn't he that.
1: Was it Shazam? It was Kazam.
0: Oh, Kazam. That's what it was. Yes, you're right. I thought it was Shazam. Whatever.
1: Yes. The, uh, so this
0: is the white Shaq.
1: Yeah, yeah but. Some people say they saw a Sinbad version called Shazam that he denies. That's like a, uh,
0: Oh, didn't know that part. Yeah, I just right. thought it was cause I thought it was a Shaq movie, but I found out it's not. So anyhow, in conjunction with this movie, they're going to level up the championship and now we're calling it the AEW intercontinental championship, right? Or yeah. international excuse international. Me, the international championship. Yeah. AEW international championship. And here's my problem with that in 2023. Mm-hmm. Go back to when we created the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. I was a kid. i my brain wasn't formed. I didn't fucking know the difference. But now I'm an adult. Can you explain to me what the difference between international and world is?
1: Yeah, no, that's that's what pisses me off about this is that those are the same fucking thing. Remember when I had a rant early on in this show's history about the wCW International World Heavyweight Championship? And I was like, I know how you got there. Cause you had WCW international and you had WCW, but you international and world is the same fucking thing. You already have an international championship in your world championship. All right. So the intercontinental at least makes sense because it's, it's within your continent. It's like saying it's the North American, right? Like, but yet it was in South America and real de Janeiro, you know, sort of, uh, where it began. Right. So like, I, I get the idea of like. You know, when the NWA was on, you might have a Kansas uh, state champion, right? Then you have a United States champion. And then you have a North American champion. All Atlantic even. Okay. Right? Like, anything touching the Atlantic, right? So we're just excluding Samoans. Fuck them, right? Like, whatever. Fine. But, like, now now you're just saying international? Like, international is the fucking world. I don't... it was already a stretch that we had this other, <laughs> this third tier title to begin with, but it's fine. I I like the way they've been utilizing it and where it's going. I just I don't like this name at all, just because like what you yeah. said. If I'm like this is the international champion, they'll be like, oh so he's like, he's the big guy. I'll be like, no, that's the world champion. They'll be like, is there something in the in the in the world that isn't amongst the the international <laughs> nations? Like I don't. I can't even come up with the right words to describe how weird this sounds because it's weird.
0: Well, and it's just lacks creativity. It's just lazy, right? Mm. Even if we're calling AEW a challenger brand, which Tony Khan has done in past interviews, be different then, right? You don't have at Burger King, which is the challenger brand to uh, McDonald's, the big king, right? They have the Whopper. And then McDonald's yeah. has the Big Mac. Like, those are two completely mm-hmm. different fucking words. So yeah. you're just saying intercontinental, international. And that's fucking dumb.
1: Like, yeah, and like, be I, creative I and push it. So Jeffrey Sills is in the chat here saying, like, they're prepping that belt to be defended abroad. Like, he's saying uh, Pockets is going to lose the international championship to one of the international wrestlers, right, to cashed up Bandito Rush, and then they're going to defend it around the globe. And we get that. I, I want to make sure, like, we understand that's what fine. their purpose here is. But the name international – is the same as the world right i don't know how you on paper distinguish to somebody how those two things are different and how why would then the international so the world champion doesn't go around the globe defending the title but the international champion does but the international champion is two levels below the world champion like there, there's a little hole in the logic there well yeah
0: and just to me be creative name it something different right the aw you know ring of honor has the pure champion right they have a pure champion where the rule sets are even different right you can only do three rope breaks and things like that you can apply my maybe not apples to apples that to aw but you can do that right because if i tell you in ring of honor hey this is the ring of honor pure champion well what the hell does that mean it means this cool well, then this is your Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. Well, what does that mean? It's the fucking man. Okay, cool. I get the difference between the two. But this is just semantics. There's nothing different as far as presentation to a casual.
1: They could call it the universal champion.
0: No. No, they can't.
1: <laughs> That's... Fuck the WWE. We don't fucking copy those lazy shits. Yeah, let's call you know, it, you could the, call um... it Let's call it the uh, planetary champion. Nah, I'm looking at thesaurus right now. Let's call it the <laughs> the cosmic champion. Let's call it the... Uh... Yeah, Universal was on the uh, thesaurus.com when I typed in international, so that's why. I... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you would call it. And I get it. I, it's like Jeffrey Stills is saying. You're wanting this to be the around-the-globe champion that you might take this to New Japan You might take this. Why don't you call it the interpromotional title then?
0: Or just call it the AEW Combat. The AEW Combat Champion. Yeah. Right? Nobody's used that before. I like that. And it's completely different and you would have to explain what that means. And you could even make different rule sets just like you do with the Pure. You could say, with the Combat Championship, there's never a disqualification. It doesn't matter about rope breaks or whatever because this is combat. This is a liking to blood sport, right? The Josh Barnett and Matt Riddles Blood yep. Sport. We're taking a page from them and we're yep. calling this the AEW Combat Champion. No pinfalls will count. Do it.
1: No pinfalls will count until you've done at least five flips. Easy. Not that. <laughs> Easy. Come
0: on. But yeah, <laughs> do something shit, I that I would yeah. challenge them
1: to that. I like that idea. I like that idea. I don't think that's the angle they would do for this title, but that's a great idea that nobody's ever used. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know, man. I mean, it was fine staying in the all Atlantic. I don't know what was wrong with that. That was fine. That sounded normal. Wasn't super creative, but yeah, it but it, whatever.
0: All right, so let's go backstage. Uh, Renee Young interviews Powerhouse Hobbs, and he says, "I saw what happened." To Wardlow sucks to be him. Everything got taken away from him, and guess what? Tonight his title's getting taken away too. So, yeah. If you don't know, earlier in the day on Wardlow's social media, I believe it was just Twitter, but it could have been Instagram, Facebook, I don't know. But he informed us that his rental car was broke into, and everything was taken. That includes his wrestling boots, his wrestling gear. He said his life, which would indicate maybe personal items that are not associated with wrestling. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, but I'm then sure. also the TNT championship. Yeah. So not the best day for good old no. Wardlow to make it to work on time.
1: No, that sucks for these, for these folks when that happens, because I'm sure of it. Listen, if they're spending 200 plus days a year on the road, as we know wrestlers to do, they may have a home, but if they're single guys without wife and kids, which I, I, I mean, we don't know. I don't think we've been expressly told, but I don't know that that's the case with Wardlow, right? I think he's a single guy, though I mean kids, but I don't know, but like, I, yeah, I'm sure you carry some sentimental items around with you that are now presumably lost forever. And that sucks. Um, You know, title belt, you know, sure. Maybe you have to pay a deposit or something that sucks right? I don't know how Tony Khan does that or, you know, that kind of thing, but like, and maybe some rental insurance covers you, I don't know, but that that still sucks. You're out. Like he said, you're out your gear, you're out your clothes. You know what I mean? You might have even had a fucking passport in there or some shit. Who knows, right? That really sucks. So I, I like that they showed that and that that was kind of a theme with Wardlow even throughout the night with his, you know, his demeanor. And I, I kind of wonder, you know, I don't want to spoil too much about later what happens in the show, but maybe that's where we're going with the Wardlow character. Maybe a little bit of that, oh, woe is me, life sucks right now.
0: Possibly. Possibly. Uh, Fun fact, this isn't the first time that an AW championship has gone missing. Now, the first Mm. time it happened was Chris Jericho losing the heavyweight championship. He was able to find it a few days later. Uh, but yeah, AEW championships, hot black market item, apparently amongst thieves. So credit to whoever following them fucking him. broke into Wardlow's uh, bullshit. So, yeah. Um, all right. Then we go back into the ring. Rick Stark's music plays. He comes down in the ring and paraphrasing here. He essentially says, man, JS, they're bunk. I'm done with them. Beat them. Tired of them. Then he says, what's next? people are asking me what's next. Well, I got a better question. Where will I go next? And some people were like, oh fuck, are we doing an MJF 2024 thing where it's like, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think it's going to happen because of what happened immediately following that statement. So the Bullet Club music hits, which some people got excited for. I was just like, Okay, who's who could that be? Because I don't know anyone in the Bullet Club anymore, right?
1: I, I didn't even know the music, and you know, I mean, it took the commentator. Yeah, to I, oh, the Bullet I Bullet Club. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw the logo. When I saw the logo, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's the Bullet Club," Uh, but from behind, as Ricky Starks is waiting to see whoever comes from the entrance ramp down, Juice Robinson attacks him from behind. What? He's wearing some dick hard club or whatever the fuck reach around and jerk it club i don't know what the fuck all these nerds are saying now uh but he's fucking juiced rock hard dick hard uh, robinson or whatever and so here we go now that looks to be the immediate feud i believe though ricky starks on behalf of aew might be making some dates in new japan and that's where that sentence of where will I go is alluding to is we are going to see yeah. a reverse forbidden door for aw fans and see new Japan Dominion I don't know what their fucking things are called uh Ricky Stark taking on Hirasho godo is that somewhere? yeah I don't know maybe you know, one of those I partners.
1: guess that's fine if we don't have something for Ricky Starks and it's better to do that than to have him spin his wheels and wrestled the JAS for the 17th time so I, I won't hate that and look if we get Juice Robinson and Ricky Starks that'll be a fine match I, I don't know that we're gonna get a great story out of that right I don't think we'll get you know it, they'll come beat him up a couple times and he'll defend himself and presumably get the better of CJ Parker or whatever the fuck you know Juice Robinson um uh, <laughs> like that cj parker gimmick man he just wanted to save the world and we all shit on him i don't really that's all i can just do it with
0: brian danielson Mm -hmm. just do it with brian danielson my sensei is brian danielson i am now reformed back to name it something different but i am essentially cj parker we are on a crusade to save the world but we're fucking baby faces huh yeah like why did we let's cheer the fucking good thing (laughs) Yeah, let's cheer the fucking good thing of saving the earth, you cocksuckers, yeah. Vince, you piece of shit, you yeah, fucking uh, devil.
1: Uh, Jeffrey still says I would love to see Ricky in the G one.
0: Sure, <laughs> against the G one, or is that a tournament? Whatever it is,
1: I'm gonna be real honest here. I've never seen a single match ever in any G one climax, and I, and I don't, I don't feel like I'm missing out.
0: The only New Japan stuff I've ever watched in my life was way early into this podcast history. I thought we were going to be a voice of every fucking thing that ever happened in pro wrestling ever. We aren't? (laughs) No. (laughs) And so I thought I had to get familiar
1: with New Uh, Japan. Young Team back with Dreams.
0: Yeah, and so I ordered Wrestle Kingdom 9. Remember Wrestle Kingdom Mm -hmm. 9? And if you recall, oh, my nipples were hard for Nakamura. Remember that? I was the
1: fucking... You also loved you some Machine Gun. Uh, Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was fun. And then he's a fucking nerd. Yeah, he's a big
1: nerd. Yeah.
0: Fucking... Yeah, the fucking... Oh, side quest, The fucking OC or whatever just two fucking mechanics sound like lug nuts talking in a fucking blender these idiots oh my god what a biggest waste of space these two bald fucks are huh
1: these guys remind me of if you went to a biker bar in the outskirts of town your uncle was hanging out there and his friends and they're saying kind of jokes that they think are funny but they're they're really not they didn't have like any kind of wit or timing but they might've been maybe, maybe slightly racist. You know what I mean? Like that's the feel I get from these guys. Not that these guys are slightly racist, of course, although he does mention his Asian wife a lot. Um, so, So maybe it all fits. Maybe I'm right on. Maybe I'm right on with my analogy.
0: I tell you what, to me, and we'll get back on track here in just a second. For me, they they are Al Bundy. They are the kings of I mm. scored five touchdowns in a high school football game. Who the fuck?
1: Cares? Yeah, remember, we were the Bullet Club. Be like, yeah, fucking twenty years ago. Oh, what? <laughs> Whatever the fuck. Yeah, this was, the
0: fucking... yeah. All right, so we get a commercial break. We come back, and then Wardlow is backstage being interviewed, and he says, "I'm fucking mad," and you know what? I'm so goddamn mad. We're changing this matchup. It's not a traditional match. We're making it a falls count anywhere. Cause I got aggression that I'm letting out on powerhouses face. Yeah.
1: So he'll be wearing knuckle sandwich, and, right? And I'm wearing loaned underwear. So I'm just pissed off. Yeah. He's wearing a lone FTR shirt, Looking. which he was like, I oh, got my a friends. shirt from FTR. I got my underwear from Soraya. Like today sucks. I'm ready to fight.
0: Yeah. Ready to fight? Right. Uh, then we get back into the ring, and Renee Young is interviewing the newly heel Ruby Soho. So let's talk about before we get to this interview, what happened at Revolution? So yeah, at AEW Revolution that took place uh, this past Sunday night, we had a triple threat match for the AEW Women's Championship. Champion Jamie Hader taking on uh, Ruby Soho, taking on Soraya and Jamie Hayter gets the pinfall on Ruby Soho. Tony Storm comes in, starts taking the boots to uh, Jamie Hayter along with Soraya. And then Ruby Soho fucking joins the dark side. Yeah, What'd you think of that?
1: I, all right. I liked the story they were telling us leading up to this match. I even like, Where we're at with Ruby Soho being in this group now. I don't like what happened in the middle, which was this match. I liked the match, but I don't like the the aftermath of it, right? Where you mentioned that there's that stare down, Ruby Soho finally goes, I'm with them. Well, then why did you beat the fuck up on the other one that was in the match with you? For 30 fucking minutes. Now, if you were to tell, tell me I had a moment of realization after the match, so I picked a side, maybe, but that's kind of not what she told us on Dynamite, right? It was, it kind of felt like, no, we're just this thing now. We're the painting people losers thing. Look, if the initial idea was this, like we thought, it was going to be this NWO thing, and maybe Tony Khan took a left turn to kind of get there, <clears throat> fine. I just, I didn't like the way they set it up, but I can look past that. I do like Ruby Soho better in this, right? Shitting on the crowd, calling the people mouth-breathers, you know what I mean? And and these ladies running around calling everybody losers and spray-painting them. I, this is better, I think, than a lot of things we've gotten in the women's division as far as, like, a group or a story, if you will, right? I don't think we felt kind of like mm-hmm. there's been no guiding purpose for a lot of these ladies, and I think this can give – something right (laughs) i kind of like where we're at here this is way better than anything ruby so has produced to date so i'm excited for this
0: so i actually thought she explained it pretty well now i will go with you in the moment at revolution let's be honest the aftermath was more important than the match which is fine because again i care more about stories than a five-star classic i don't need five-star classics tell me interesting stories and you can give me stone cold matches that are all fucking punches and kicks. Right. right. Like I don't need after you his wear knee gear, braces.
1: Right? I don't even a shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I don't, yeah. I don't give a shit. Right. I don't care about any of that stuff. I want stories. Right. So in the moment at revolution, when she sides with Tony storm and Soraya, you kind of go like, well, why didn't you fucking side with them during the match? And then Soraya could have been champ. And then you guys would be fucking running the, the roster. Right. Now maybe I'm pulling from some straws here, so stop me if I am. I took her promo as, "Hey, I came here to AEW, and in my first match with Britt Baker, you booed me. Mm-hmm. Then I beat Chris Statlander in a Owen Hart tournament. Yeah, I beat her, and you booed, you booed
1: me. me. Mm-hmm.
0: And then I do this match, and Jamie Hader wins." And you guys go crazy. So fuck you. Yeah. Now yeah. that makes sense. If you're saying I lost and when I lost, I heard no one cares for me. Mm-hmm. Well, then, okay. I get how you're going to side with the bad people. In the moment on revolution, we didn't get that story. We did get that. I thought yeah. a little bit tonight. Yeah.
1: And I agree with that. I think And Jeffrey Sills even says, you know, I thought the same thing, but this promo told me she made the swerve on the fly. Ruby as a heel might be good because this promo was good reminder. I, I could be telling people what you think if you were to join us live on the YouTube chat, just like Jeffrey Sills did here, but that's, that's another story that's for the listeners, Tom. Yeah. And go, here's go a ahead.
0: yeah. And here's a credit to Ruby Soho. It was a good promo. And as I said to, I can't remember, but I can't remember who I said it on uh, to on mm-hmm. Twitter, which I apologize. I'll fact check it later. Uh, but it was a good promo, and I still fucking hate her, which is good, <laughs> yeah. right? Because sometimes when people do the switch, it's like, oh, I do understand. And now we're like, well, fuck you. You're supposed to boo me, and now it's Becky Lynch, and now we're cheering. What the fuck do we do now, right? But with her, it was like, I didn't like you as a baby face. You're kind of fucking weird and phony, and all your promos suck. And this one's good, but I still think you're phony, and you suck, and yeah. your wrestling's rigid but it at least
1: fits this new you know submission sorority uh gimmick they got going on here um she fits that mold right they're going around spray painting people being punks if you will uh it fits so it looks Mm -hmm. the part her promo was good Uh, yeah i don't recall getting this in a while out of ruby soho but i i think her look fits this kind of character better than anything we've gotten since she's been in AEW. so i'm excited
0: Yeah, look, Ruby Soho sucks, right? Her her song's the best (laughs) thing about her. There's nothing good about it. And again, her as a person, I I feel like I always need to clarify this because I go with these top shelf comments and I feel like sometimes I'm misunderstood. The people that are playing these these characters, because remember, this is all fucking not real, right? That's what I'm talking about. I don't fuck. I don't know who the real Ruby Soho is. It gets hard when I say later that John Cena fucking sucks, and that's his actual name. That's when it gets hard because, like, I'm I'm differentiating the person and then the fucking character who's yeah. fucking trash and has always been trash. But we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, Ruby Soho has always fucking sucked. Her song was the coolest thing about her in AEW. So now I get to boo her, and it's on purpose. So good, fuck her. She sucks. Uh, but she comes here. And she beats up on old uh sky blue, little old old Bloody Bud over here, and beats her up. And then this is where it pissed me off, Tim. Tim.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: These motherfuckers look, there's a lot you can do to my fandom that makes me just a tepid, right? Yeah. Right there. Hey, that was good or bad. It was fine.
1: Yeah, you're known for being an even keel these- guy. Not being too angry, always,
0: always. (laughs) But when you beat up in a post-match segment, Mm. the the light in this dark heart, who is Willow Nightingale, you bitches better watch your fucking. I got sisters. Yeah. When you come to Independence on March twenty second, that you touch her again, touch Willow Nightingale again, I swear. My sisters will show up. I used to do this when I was a kid. Girls break my heart. Guess what? Sister beats your ass. So you fuckers don't want to mess with Willow Nightingale. Oh, Doyle rules. The glimmer of hope I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like glimmer of hope I have in this world, and you don't fucking yeah. touch her, okay?
1: Yeah, listen. Uh, yeah, I. I could sense you getting angrier by the moment this willow thing was happening. I was like, "Uh-oh." <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. And, love, and yeah, love but that's willow. great. That's why that's why this this works so well too, right? Because there is nobody who's we have not heard the like, you know, die rocky die for a willow yet, right? Even though she's like this crowd favorite bubbly thing. Like usually there's some that's tension nice. of that. For folks of that nature, but I don't think I've heard anybody be like, "This Willow thing sucks," right? Like nobody said that. Everybody loves Willow.
0: Yeah, the people that do are cunts. Like, so I there don't you even go. Know that there Say are, that exist- around me. <laughs> but I'm, you are coming I'm Say that around me.
1: Yeah, Jeffrey Sills mentioned you came in strong with that Ruby Soho sucks, and and now you came mm-hmm. in with it. Those people are cunts, man. Tom's Tom's bringing the fire tonight.
0: I ain't lying. No Willow Nightingale, anything. Anything but a glimmer of hope in this dark world. Yeah. And I'll best willow put in five wrestling. across your lip. The best willow ever in wrestling. Yeah. Fuck you, Jeff Hardy. Um, so I'm mad. I'm mad <laughs> yeah. about that.
1: Mad. So boo uh, so Keep
0: booing her. Boo. Brr. <laughs> uh so we go after that backstage it's and funny. man alive. I tell you what, Tim these fucking interviews hit on a 12 out of 10 scale. And it started with this one. We go backstage and Renee is interviewing hangman, Adam page. Mm. And I don't know. So I'm going to say this in the moment, and I might have to backtrack when we get to Brian Danielson, but consistently I'll say, I guess, I don't know if anyone gives the heartfelt promo the, the endearing, Hey, I'm a flawed human, but good at heart promo better than hangman Adam page. Mm-hmm. And he, mm-hmm. and he defined it here where he said, I had to go to hell to take John Moxley out. I didn't like doing it, but it was a necessity. And then he goes, Ray, I'm sorry that you had to see that because that's your husband and that sucks.
1: Oh, the subtlety of that was even better. It was so he's doing kind of what you said where like he, he's a guy that he doesn't want to be the he just wants to wrestle he wants to make money he wants to live his family life but people keep messing with him and his message to you is fucking do it again and you'll see that i will hang you and kill you i'm not fucking playing around and then renee says something right and he's like you know what i'm sorry i've been giving you a lot of shit in these promos because of the situation and I feel like I owe you an apology. I'm sorry that you had to see what I fucking did to your husband. Right? Like and just kind of breezed right by this like kind of non-apology that he gives her, right? That she's even kind of like, I don't okay, I don't feel like that was an actual apology, right? Uh just great. But hey, it kinda hey, was. I, yeah, but it kinda was. Yeah, that's where she she even kinda took it that way. It was kinda like, I mean, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, thanks for apologizing for that, mm-hmm. but that's not all you should apologize to mm-hmm. me for. Um, it just yeah, the The subtleties that we've gotten with the Hangman character in almost every story he's told is why he's one of my top five. He's so fucking good at that. Like you said, the the flawed baby face, right? That means well, but does a little too well sometimes.
0: (laughs) And also, one thing that also makes him really, really good... Unlike some other baby faces who are trying really hard, is he'll fucking win like he did on Sunday night. So let's talk about that. At Revolution was the Texas Death Match, and to me, look, there was some fucking nerd that went viral because he pees his pants when people start raising their voices. I can't remember his name, but oh, he was like, Rogers Geary, Cup of Tea, yeah.
1: That oh, that guy, fucking, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who, who is he? Who is right, he? he's one of the fucking, you know, I, my sources inside tell me, and you're like, who the fuck are your sources? Shut up.
0: Okay. Well, his sources are that he's fucking soft as baby shit and needs to fucking grow up. This match ruled. It fucking ruled. It fucking ECW in 2023 hit, or as the kids say, it slapped.
1: I don't know if you yeah. can say that anymore. Listen. So, like, in response even to Raj, I even told you after it was over, I said, I'm typically not even into these matches, right? Like, I, I saw ECW back in the day. I like a good hardcore match here and there. But I've even said recently before, you know, we came up close to Revolution here, like, hey, aren't we bleeding a little too much with Moxley? Like, do we got to do this every time? Because to me, it's just kind of like, Love it. all right, guys, it feels like a prop, right? And I'm kind of like, I don't need it, right? I don't need it every mm. time, right? Use it when it when it's warranted. But this fucking match was a masterpiece. It was it was fucking intense. It was the story back and forth was great. That's why I told you I said this isn't even normally like my thing, but that was an early match of the year candidate for me. And, and so mm-hmm. like to Raj, like you just came here to shit on this because you ought to have seen past at this moment. Like this is the ma- a Texas death match is where you get the blood. Is where you get the forks is where you get the whatever. I can hear you if you have a little criticism of them doing it seven straight weeks on dynamite. I might be like, all right, yeah, you mm-hmm. might have a valid point there, but the shit on this was just like, you're not really watching this. This was a fucking masterpiece. This was great shit. I don't know who Brian J yes. is, but he says he's a nobody team act. I don't know what, I don't know who that is. Welcome Brian J. Uh, oh, I know Brian J. We talked to him oh. on Twitter,
0: uh, oh. but who is it? We're a little bit ahead of you. Well, who?
1: Oh yeah. Who, yeah. Who's a nobody anyway. All right.
0: Now, I don't know who, who nobody is, yeah, yeah, but yeah. tell me and we'll catch up. We're a little bit ahead of you. So when you, we see the comments, we're already past it. So is that Brian apologize. J. Bay Bay? Um,
1: I, I get it. I get it. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah uh, so, so what I was going to say is, so I do like these matches to a certain degree. I've said in the past GCW is a fucking savior to my wrestling fandom However, when they go with the ultra violent championship and we're just fucking taking light tubes to the stomach because eh, I guess it's a, a drop toll hold. Okay, I don't need that. But with this, this was the payoff, right? We had physicality to its max degree in a normal match. So the only way we could settle it was a Texas death match. So it was perfect for the story.
1: Yeah, we've called now, this a blood feud. Like we were gonna get blood, right? Like, come on. Yeah, and so the thing
0: I want to say though that was fucking awesome is, you know, if you've only watched AEW, and some people only have right, they don't know Hangman from Ring of Honor or from anything else. BTE, they don't know any of that shit, right? But you got to see Hangman Adam Page earn the nickname of Hangman by literally hanging a man how yeah. fucking cool is that
1: yeah that I think was that awesome is how he earned that nickname but this is when we finally got it on aw and yes brian j bay bay a great friend of the show was saying he was talking about the raj giri the the cry baby oh yeah. The yeah
0: yeah yeah <sighs> oh my pearls! people are yelling yeah. oh
1: he said this is low brow to me and i was like what a way to tell everybody that you think you're better than them <laughs> like what a dork Fuck
0: that guy. Yeah, you fucking adult diaper wearing bitch ass hoe. Like you fucking suck.
1: I don't like
0: it with the wrestling. is the wrestling, what is gonna happen? Uh, this is low brow. I need I need moths art in the background, and I need them to be wearing their their big puffy wigs yeah. and having collar elbow tie ups. Fuck
1: you. Yeah, bitch yeah i don't didn't know yet. You. maybe have, you're a great guy but you sucked in that moment <laughs> didn't didn't wwe have uh fucking the street profits taken on like alpha academy and somebody got like sucked into a damn garbage monster into like a dumpster or something like that one time that wasn't lowbrow for you but the yeah okay i got you oh the zombies
0: that got the miz in the fucking walking yeah. dead promo but this. Oh, yeah, I'll take low core. brow
1: over corporate cheese every fucking day. How about that? How about every that? But back to day. this. Brian j in yeah. the chat. Love that. Everybody else should join the chat. YouTube live when we're doing the shows. Thursday, typically, sometimes on Wednesday nights. Uh, or you can use hashtag tweet the table throughout the week. We didn't get any this week, so shame on all of you. Shout out Dak Draper. uh He says the hanging was brutal. And man, I loved it. I love that that's how they ended it, and and I love that he's got to like, all right, I, this is it. I got to tap here, right? Pause. We have we we kind of had the two biggest matches ended that that way with them realizing they needed to tap. But I mean, both both matches fit that, and this is. I mean, you're hanging, right? Well, you're gonna okay. die, right? You're gonna choke out and yeah. die. So it's it's tap or snap or it's tap or death here in this case for for Moxley, you know. So I yeah, I like it. Well, with that criticism,
0: the only thing I would say in that regard is, like, we don't say, hey, both matches, both high-profile matches ended in pin, right? So, like, submission exactly. is part right. of it. So. Exactly. Yeah, submission yeah. is it's one okay. of
1: the, like, three ways you're typically going to win a match. So, I'm fine with that, too, right? You're going to have. um, And, and again, yeah. it fit. He's hanging the man. The man realizes he doesn't have a way to get out of it. And he's going to pass out. And sometimes you don't wake up from that. So, you better tap out so the ref can, can stop it. Definitely.
0: All right, so let's get back to Dynamite uh, after Hangman says that he is, quote, finished with John Moxley, and we'll put a pin in that for right now. Uh, we go to a commercial break. We come back. Tony Schiavone introduces FTR, and I want to tell you something. If you want to hear a tag team that is over in 2023, just let FTR walk to the ring, and everyone's going to lose their fucking mind, because that's what yep. happened here. They didn't really say much of anything. There was no, like groundbreaking yeah. statement, but
1: FTR is fucking back, dog. What do you think? I just for me, I kinda from a storyline in the overall AEW universe, if you will, I'm a little worried that they're back too early. Um and already feuding with the champs. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, uh, I get it, but like we didn't really let anybody else really have I mean the acclaim had a run. But now they're mm-hmm. just what well, they're just gonna they they lose it the ass boys so they can lose it right back to FTR and then I, I don't I, I thought we might feature some more tag teams up and coming you know maybe we'll get there with FTR Mm-mm. we're gonna get so
0: I I like it in this regard I think the AEW nerd which I can be definitely claim uh, from time to time but not to this degree but I think the AEW nerd is saying to themselves hey you assholes. The tag team division is defined by two teams, and let's not kid ourselves. It's defined by FTR, and it's defined by the Young Bucks. And in the history of AEW, it's 1-1 in pay-per-views, right? Or excuse me, in their matches. They've only faced off twice, I believe. Now, again, we don't fact check, but that's what I I think it is. 1-1. So we needed the third match. Who's the fucking king of the hill who's the one walking around taking away everyone's lunch money because they're the bully on the schoolyard right so ass boys get the fuck out yeah you know what i mean you fucking pansies no one wants yeah. to see you so until if you they, become if they the ass any boys i'm not run, yeah and and they wouldn't any longer of a run i think we would check out on tag team division right we would just oh, do of like, course yeah 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 right So FTR winning back the championships and then maybe doing something with a a team in the interim is fine. But I think at their WrestleMania, which I don't think is still yet to be defined, I feel it's All Out. Some people say it's double or nothing. Some people say it's revolution, you know, whatever. But I think at what they define as their premium event of the year, whatever that will be, I think that's where we're going to get FTR, Young Bucks, all the marbles.
1: All Out gets the gets the full week of stuff does double or nothing as well i don't know does it get like the full week of i winning? think so yeah so maybe i think it. so yeah and listen you don't make look wwe set that up you don't have to operate in a way that like you have a biggest event of the year either no I guess, of you know? course so, right uh well and sports yeah. operates that way too right true yeah it does yeah there's generally like a start and stop to the year um i yes fine i just i'm also great ftr is back but I'm not – if you tell me, like, we're going to run FTR and Young Bucks back, I'm like, yeah, okay, you're yeah, fine.
0: No, I love it. Really, I love uh, it because they'll they'll invest the details no. that tells a good story. By the way, Tim, sports do have a start and stop to them. Mm-hmm. One of those sports that we both like mm-hmm. is football. Yeah, And American oddly football. enough, American – the only football – Fucking the, yeah, the real football. The football. Shut up, the real football. You pansies. Uh, you guys are soft. Two L's. Um, God damn it. Exactly. So football <laughs> has a start and it has a stop, and it stops yes. with whoever wins the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. And God bless America. I almost forgot the hat I was wearing. It says here Super Bowl
1: Fifty Seven. champions, Champions. Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that the other day, it made me smile. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. (laughs)
0: Look, side quest real quick. I'm going through fucking hell the last three weeks with this tumor. Like legitimately, I'm taking more opioids than I probably should. Side note, but I'm fucking going through it like Fucking going through it, Tim. Mm. And two things make me really fucking happy AW and anything Chiefs Super Bowl related that doesn't deal with Super Bowl 55 because that never actually happened. I will watch The Rock at Super Bowl 54 introduce the Kansas City Chiefs. I will watch the second half of F- Super Bowl 57 where Patrick <laughs> Mah- Mahomes had one incompletion the whole entire season. On a purposeful half. throwaway. <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like i don't even have anything in my body it's like hey everything's great everything's cool and as so is the heroin yeah. that you've been taking i tell you what shoot it in my veins <laughs> super bowl <laughs> champions baby fucking love it by the way if you haven't been on their youtube channel which if you're on youtube right now keep watching us and then when you're done go to the kansas city chiefs uh youtube channel and they did a mini movie about the 2022 season which is very good. Now let's get back to a W dynamite. We go backstage and this is where I said it again on our Twitter page at table show. I really think Renee young is the absolute best. And I know mean gene is the standard in which every interviewer is judged by and rightfully so not saying anyone should take that top spot, but Renee young, is fucking great and she earns that distinction in this interview with jade cargill backstage it's a throwaway segment essentially jade cargill just says next week give me someone who's good i'm out of here but what jade cargill really says is we're going to canada right renee says yeah you're a canadian aren't you yeah well get one of your bitches to fight me next week and renee's like all right. Thanks for the interview. Like mm-hmm. Jade storms off and she's like, okay, well like it was a perfect, if you don't know who Jade Cargill is, you know, she's a bitch after this segment, it was yeah. perfect from everyone.
1: It was good. And Renee Paquette is great at this in the same way that mean Jean was where they seem <laughs> you're looking at the chat, uh, where it, they seem confident to hold their own in an interview. Right. Like they're not like scared of this person. They're not nervous to be speaking on the camera. They're, they're trying to, they're actively trying to interview and get like a quote or a, or a thing. Right. Like this is how actual, you know, you know, journalists work, right. When they're interviewing in the field and sports journalists and stuff like this, like, uh, you know, I'm reminded of, um, uh, uh, Aaron Andrews, right. Like they'll have a point Mm -hmm. that they feel like an important person there best backstage pro wrestling interview in the business but with a bullet is Renee Paquette right now and yeah this segment is aided by that right like it's it's not just it's not just Jade Cargill shitting on just a random person you know what I mean like it's it's kind of throwing her in there as well and yeah I I loved all of this I like Jade Cargill I I'm ready for that next thing though with Jade Cargill right like we've got to do something to get her we're just spinning wheels
0: yeah And I don't know who's Canadian in the women's division or women's free agents, but I'm hoping that next week it is the stop in your tracks. Holy shit. It's Jade Cargill versus fill in the blank. And I don't know who that is. I don't, I mean, the only person I could think of that would make me go, oh, for real, we doing this shit would honestly be Britt Baker. Like that would make me go, Mm -hmm. oh, So Jade Cargill is going to the big times in AEW. Cool to see anyone else. I'm kind of like, okay. And I do mean Mercedes Monet. I know she's a fucking free agent, but she ain't Canadian, but I'm just saying if she debuted and faced Jade Cargill, I wouldn't care because that character sucks. And side note, I know I say all this about characters, but a shoot, I kind of think that person sucks too from all accounts on their social media and comments. I think they're a shitty person, but that's uh, not what I'm judging them on. I'm only judging them on the television screen that I see. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see who Jade Cargill takes on next week in a big show emanating from the great country of Canada.
1: I just tried to do some fact checking, and I don't. I don't even know that they say the bunny is from Canada up there, but I don't. I don't know who would be active on the current roster, and I don't know who. In like women's wrestling. That's what I'm in saying. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Come in. Yeah. I don't know. The only one that I know of is Trish Stratus.
0: And we know she's over there in WWE doing her thing. Of, uh, Whatever that shit is. Right. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Is it? Yeah. Sure. It it's fine? fine for them. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. It's fine.
0: <laughs> I almost said something really <laughs> offensive, but I won't. Um, all Um. right. Then we get into the ring. And we get AR Fox and Top Flight taking on Jericho Appreciation Society in a trios match. JS is made up of Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and who's the third person? It was... oh,
1: was it Garcia. Oh,
0: Daniel Garcia. That's who it is. Yep, that is. That's who it was. Fun match. I think it's interesting to see when two... Legends thrown around a lot, so I don't mean to flippantly say it, but when you have A.R. Fox, who has a legendary style that has influenced many, and then Chris Jericho, who's a legit legend, when you have them interacting, it's kind of noteworthy. Like, oh, wow, I never thought these two would wrestle. So it was fun for that, right?
1: I just really thought, and, you know, we we see more later after the match why he's there, but I just thought this is a great reason Jericho doesn't need to be here this week, right? You could have had It could have been 2.0 and Garcia versus these guys, Mm -hmm. right? It could Mm -hmm. have been Mm -hmm. some other trios grouping, but. We get them. Yeah.
0: And so JS wins because Jake Hager is a piece of shit still. And he's out there with a fucking hat from 94 thinking it's cool. It's not. And your phrase is played out just like your wrestling style. Please retire. You're a waste of space. Uh, But what they say is we are now the number one contenders. And I will say this about the JAS in this regard. They are a forgettable, I don't care to tune in faction, right? Fuck them. After their stuff with Eddie Kingston, Blackpool Combat Club, I literally wish they would disband yesterday. However, it is cool. And I thought it was an interesting uh, dynamic where... Jericho, being the legend that he is, and he is, even though currently, you know, he's he's uh, he's Michael Vick with the Jets. If that makes sense, if you're a football fan, he's Michael Vick with the Jets. That's where he's at in his career. Uh, but he says, "Hey, House of Black, turn the lights off. Have the best entrance in wrestling, but get your ass out here. We're gonna beat you up." And I thought that's cool because. For House of Black, they've always been positioned as the spooky. Ooh, what are they gonna? And for Jericho, to almost undercut them and say like, no, just come out here. We know it's gonna happen. Ooh, music and uh, pyro or whatever. Like, just come out here. I thought that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And uh, look, it's fine. You're right. They're staking claim to to be number one contenders. I I like that we got a little bit of that swerve though, where we're expecting house of black to come out and we get, you know, sweet sounds of Kansas. We get the elite at the speakers.
0: Yeah. So, so the elite come out and this is what I found the most interesting. So we'll, we'll fast forward to the end. What's going to happen next week is a triple threat trios match between the elite JS and house of black. Cool. The most interesting thing for me (laughs) was as Kenny Omega is starting to talk his shit and start to be that guy. Don Callis runs from the back, just takes the microphone away from him and says, Hey, 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 hey let me take this. So I'm going to ask you, what do you think's happening with Don Man. Callis, the elite and Kenny?
1: Yeah, I don't know, but it does <laughs> feel like that's purposeful, right? Cause Kenny Omega was like, what the fuck did? Uh, and then, you know, all is forgotten when he, when he tells Jericho, like you're one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, but you're the second best wrestler from Winnipeg, right? Like, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, he's talking good about me again." And then they kind of forget it, but we'll see if more of that materializes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, man, I, as long as I'm getting more Don Callis, I'm okay with it. But it worries me that long term we'll mm-hmm. get less Don Callis from something like this. So but current, we'll get more.
0: I think we may be running back a different angle and maybe reverse where it feels to me that if you recall at the trios championship match, when house of black defeated the elite, it was not Kenny Omega who took the pinfall. And then on social media, Don Callis said in a picture with just him and Kenny Omega were refocused, ready to take over the world. I'm paraphrasing again. Right. And so my thought was Don Callis says in his mind, all right, the elite's fucking up my guy, Kenny Omega, right? He's the god of pro wrestling. He's up here with, you know, two kind of good guys, but he's better than this. And so I think maybe he's going to do the whole wedge in between the elite and Kenny Omega, where in the original storyline, the elite then, or excuse me, the young bucks then got in line and we're like, all right, we're with Kenny. This might be. Kenny goes, no, 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 we're done with you, and jumps ship and just goes with Don Callis somewhere else. That was my initial thought, so we'll see what happens.
1: Maybe. maybe I do like that the House of Black show up on the screen here, and they do a little spooky shit, right? They're talking, then the next thing, lights go out, and now they're standing in between them, right? And they're kind of facing each other, and then it was like, all oh, right, you want to do this? You want to do this? And then lights go out, and they're gone again, right? If, if that's a little bit more of what we're playing into, hey, one moment they're over here, the next minute they're over here one of them's over here hiding under the, the box, or something like I, I'm fine with that. Like I said, we need a little more spookiness. I think they're giving us a little bit more. So I like how this is playing out. This will be a fun match. Who was
0: that? Did you ever play Mortal Kombat? I know we're talking video games, Would mm-hmm. you ever play I Mortal mean, Kombat? Yeah. Who was that fucking one guy that would like disappear and go underneath and like oh, uppercut yeah. you in the fucking thing. Yeah, come down? I don't remember that...
1: the names, but yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But like if House of Black does that thing where it's like, I'm down here, I'm up here, I'm over here. Like, on I the wouldn't screen. mind the next that.
1: Next thing you know, you're getting a KCCP from Buddy Matthews, or his fucking name is right. Buddy Murphy Matthews fucking What's
0: Matthews. It's Matthews, yeah. Buddy Matthews. Buddy Murphy Matthews. was over in uh, WWE. Yeah, buddy. Remember, <laughs> Buddy Murphy was dating a minor in WWE in Rey Mysterio's daughter. Way to go, WWE. You keep your standards high, you fucking soulless prick. Yeah. Um. Then we go to a commercial break, and we get some in-ring action. And I tell you what, we made it official here. It's John Silver and Alex Reynolds versus the Heels, John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli. So it's your standard BCC match, right? We're we're doing our thing. We're getting our shit in. Moxley and Claudia win, and then this is when. We put our foot in the dirt and we said, no, we're heels. They start holding on to choke holds. I believe John Moxley won with an Anaconda choke, which is fucking awesome because it does suck. Like go play wrestle that move and you'll be unconscious in about 20 seconds. So maybe don't try that one at home, but I like that he's doing that. Uh, however, have a safe Yuda comes down. Yeah, it's orange. Um What? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, Yuda comes down. He's beating up the Dark Order. They're all beating up the Dark Order. Evil Uno comes down. They're beating his ass. And then Hangman, who reluctantly runs down and is like, hey, the fuck? I'm just going to check on my friend. Claudio, though, gets into his space a little bit i like, what the fuck are you going to do? What the fuck are you going to
1: do? Yeah. And
0: Hangman just like, get out of here. Punches him. Gives him one right in the kisser. Gives him a, how's your father? And then the BCC with John Moxley jump Hangman. So yeah. what are we doing here, Tim?
1: I felt like this was a little clunky. It felt like a couple guys kind of forgot where they were supposed to be a couple times here and there. If you if you play it back. But yeah, we got to where you said... I'm just a little confused because, man, I and I guess I should have seen it coming with the whole "are are you guys done now" interview. And he says, "Well, I'm done." But man, I I felt like we had a good stopping point with the Moxley Hangman thing, and I'm I'm worried if we try to take it any further, immediately it's going to lose some luster, right? I, I I understand these two may never get along in canon on our screen and may always kind of revisit this feud, but man i feel like it needed a break after mm-hmm. the masterpiece we got mm-hmm. and I, I mean i know this is a little different but i thought maybe like i thought we were just going to stick it there with the evil uno and then we were going to get this 3 on 3 for a little while until hangman has to come in and maybe save the day on somebody or something but so i'm a little I, i'm i'm cautious right i'm i'm, mm-hmm. I'm optimistic but i'm cautiously optimistic about where this goes
0: i agree i'm hoping Again, if I have the pin here, as mm-hmm. people on YouTube will see most times, if I have the pin, what I'm doing is I'm pivoting John Moxley to Evil Uno. I'm elevating Evil Uno to a status that makes him credible in AEW. Not a top guy, not a heavyweight champion, none of that shit, but someone that can push John Moxley to the limit. Moxley, though, eventually wins the feud, right? Because he's John fucking Moxley. My hope is you pivot Moxley to Uno, and you do Hangman, if you'd have to do Blackpool Combat Club, with Claudio. And you get, oh, you're the Swiss fucking greatest wrestler? I beat the last greatest wrestler, Brian Danielson. You ain't no fucking different. I beat everyone in, Blackpool Combat Club. Your ass is next. Like, you oh, know you speak
1: six, lang- six languages? I speak seven after a long night of drinking. What do I give a shit? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm hoping that it's a pivot to Claudio because- spoiler uh thursday nights is ring of honor television and if you hop over to ring of honor television claudio is currently in a little bit of a feud with eddie kingston my hope again i have the pin here i'm making eddie kingston my roh heavyweight champion claudio is freed up from ring of honor and then that's when him and hangman can get on the bad foot and do the punchy May, face. Maybe even Hangman
1: is instrumental in Claudio losing. That That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, grabs a grabs a foot or something in Ring of Honor at the pay per view on the thirty first. Because you like could
1: that. always use that later too. Because Eddie Kingston can be like, I didn't fucking ask you for that help, bitch. You know what I oh. mean? Like, oh, Eddie Kingston and Hangman. You, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I could <laughs> handle it.
0: I <laughs> yeah. think I would melt. Yeah. I think I would melt into the couch in a smile yeah. of just orgasmic yeah. pleasure of the greatest things in the world combining into one like that. I would just, <laughs> this would be the last noise you would hear from me when Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, or excuse me, Eddie Kingston and hangman Adam page were to fight.
1: <laughs> <sighs> you'd be that hitting be, that safe word. Orange. <laughs>
0: orange. I couldn't get it out. I would melt. I would melt because I couldn't stand the sunray of awesomeness that would come off of Eddie Kingston and Hangman. Couldn't handle yes. it. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: That would be it. That would, that would be it. That I'm naming this asked. episode orange.
0: <laughs> All, right. All right. So we got from a commercial break and we go backstage with the acclaimed. Hey, they're fun. And they're talking their shit and they're saying, hey, guess what? We still want them tag titles. Neat. And then we get... Maybe the best pivot of the night post AEW Revolution. Obviously, uh, the Acclaim do not win the tag team championships as the Ass Boys are still your champions. And so, as they mentioned, they say, hey, we're going to get those titles back. But then 2.0, and again, we haven't given them a fucking name, so I'm just going to keep calling them 2.0. 2.0 walks up and says, hey, guess what? Everyone loves the Acclaim, we love the Acclaim. It's so fucking cool. You guys are sports entertainers. Now again, Renee Paquette. I called her young earlier. I apologize about that. But Renee Paquette again earns her money here, where she's holding the microphone in between the two teams. And when 2.0 says you guys are sports entertainers, Paquette goes, eh, yeah. kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <hours>. right. <laughs> not not lying. Make a point. Yeah. And so they say, why don't you join the JS? And in the perfect response for who the acclaimed are, they just belly laugh Mm -hmm. and walk away with Max Caster, maybe having the singular uh, line of the night by saying we're on TV more than you. And then just walks (laughs) away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it because that's, that's good fodder too, for like those guys that now come after the acclaimed be like, you think you fucking insulted us? Mm -hmm. And I think you get a good feud out of here and, Oh, the microphone battles and stuff between these guys will just be entertainers, right? Entertainers.
0: (laughs) Now, before we get into the main event, I wanted to pair these two together because it's the fallout from the main event of revolution. So we do a Sunday night after the pay-per-view backstage interview with first MJF and MJF is just smelling his shit and thinking it's great right? He's saying, I'm the best guy in the world. I got a horn growing out of my head. If you watch the highlights of the press conference that they did, he fucking killed that, too. But he just says, like, my reign of terror is just starting. You all are idiots. I'm I'm ruling forever. Best in the world. Best in the world. So what did you think about that first MJF promo? I thought it was good, but what did you think about the
1: content? Great. I I like, you know, how he's... Pointing out that he was like, this was everybody's greatest in the world. Like, best wrestler in the world, my ass. Like, I just fucking defeated this guy. Nobody's touching me. Now daddy's single and fucking, you know, wherever they were. Yeah, like, oh, I love it. I I can't get enough MJF right now. I think he is, he's top three, if not the best, at almost every aspect of pro wrestling oh right
0: now yeah oh my god so i will still say week in week out giving you original different stories that flow one thing into the next personally i'm still gonna say eddie kingston's the best Mm because it doesn't feel like there's ever been a script given to eddie kingston he just fucking does a shit Mm -hmm. right but with the one-liners and the rewatches and the matches, yeah, MJF is that fucking guy. He's the goddamn man. Like I almost every week will re-watch or revisit one line or one move or something from what he did, Revolution included. Like that match was incredible. The best Iron Man match, I think. Uh uh ever possibly,
1: yeah. Maybe it was yeah. a
0: it was a legit, like advertised Iron Man match. Because if I'm being honest with you, I still think that the draw between Hangman and Brian Danielson that was just for the championship was probably a better match, but they didn't advertise that as this is an Iron Man match, it was just whoever wins, and we just happen to go 60 minutes, right? uh but this was advertised as an Iron Man match, that's why I think it's the best of all time. Uh now. We go to the other side and again, I'm on chemo. I'm on heart pressure medicine. I'm on a lot of fucking concoctions right now. So my emotions go up and down. Uh, so I'm not the most stable person. However, I don't know if I damn near cried because of an AEW promo. And this one almost got me Brian Danielson sitting And just dry blood from an Ironman match he just took part in, sitting on the ground, not in a chair, not on a table, not on the doctor's, you know, whatever they're called, right? Like he's just sitting on the ground by himself. Talks about how never give up, right? That's kind of John Cena-esque at the start. Never give up. You always keep fighting. And I always kept fighting. But when I came back, from Consciousness because mjf cheated not hit him with the air tank. I was caught in the yes lock, I think it's what it's called. I, what is it called in AEW? The Labelle lock. I think he just called it the LaBelle, Labelle lock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gene Labelle, Judo Gene Labelle. If you don't know who it is, fucking Google it. The guy's a fucking legend. Um, and he said, When I came to, I couldn't feel my arms and I had no way to use my legs.
1: Yeah, he said he couldn't feel his legs either, I think is what he was saying. Like, yeah. yeah. He said his first instinct was to fight, but then he realized like he couldn't feel these things. And that's when he said he was reminded of MJF telling oh. him, when I'm done with you, you're not going to be able to play with your kids. And it and hit me that like, right. I am putting myself above them. And, yeah, he
0: said, yeah. and he was right. And that's the most disappoint- It it More disappointing than tapping out was that. And then he says... I might, I might be done, or I can't yeah, remember I gotta exactly, go, the, or something like yeah, that. I'm go gonna home go home or something. Yeah.
1: And again, time for me to by go, that, I think he said, yeah, it's time like
0: for that. me to go. By that line, I had a tear, legitimately, I had a tear down my eye because I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" That oh my yeah, God. I did
1: not think. Uh, you know, we discussed this left and right about will Brian Danielson win this or or like you know what a, all this, but I, I don't think any of us saw. Oh, he's going away after this coming and and the way he told it in, in that believability and even to talk about the end of that match, that's what hit me hardest about the end of this. I was like, Ryan Danielson just tapped out to MJF. <laughs> right? Like this wasn't a like this wasn't a like yes, it was he did heel tactics to get him in that position. But he didn't pass out. Yeah, he it wasn't his body right? like, failed him. Right. He he gave up, and and this wasn't even in the context of like we still have more time for me to to recover from that. This was I'm losing this match, and the title. The tap was was one of the like just the most artistic points of that match. And then yeah, to use that in this promo, which was just. God, look, Brian Danielson has never been a bad promo. I wouldn't say no, much, I mean, no, no, I'm no, sure right. he's had some bad promos in his life, but like this <laughs> was probably the best. I mean, even through the whole you know, against the authority thing and and the you know, the the occupy raw stuff, like he had some great stuff in there. This is one of the best I've seen from him right here. This yeah was just This reminded me of the Christopher Daniels when he was the one we never saw on TV where he was mm-hmm. like, like, I don't want to go. Right. Like I don't want to leave kind of different, right. This is, I've got to go, but Oh, this was, this was good stuff.
0: Yeah. The, the part that got me the most was that he acknowledged that MGF was right.
1: <clears throat> yeah. And
0: that he let down his family because he was being selfish. Yeah. Oh, Oh my God. That is deep on so many different levels. And here's the thing. Brian Danielson has been Jericho-esque with the, I don't need to win every fucking match. I can be losing a match. You can stack me on top of Edge at WrestleMania and Roman Reigns wins. Jericho can get fired from wrong, get thrown in a dumpster. They're willing to put themselves into interesting situations for the viewer. So him losing uh, an AEW is not necessarily a new thing. He lost to Hangman, lost to Moxley. Now he's lost to MJF. So losing title matches isn't necessarily like a never happened before. However, now this throws a whole wrench into my AEW five-year plan. Tim, I have this all written out. Who's going to be the champions, when, and all of that. IRT mac Yeah, but now I got to throw it all away. Because I got to go out to fucking the sticks in Washington and find Brian Danielson and give him a hug and say, Hey brother, we got to get back on the horse. Cause you're the best in the world.
1: Oh, huh. MJF is the best in the world.
0: Oh my God, Tim. Look, Brian Danielson has always been cool. If I have an action figure of you, I think you're great. And I got an action figure, of Brian Danielson, Right. But I've never been the, you gotta push him because he's the best. I just liked his stories.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I liked the week before when he's like, I'm going to kick your fucking head in. Like, I like that. You know what I mean? Yep. But I don't know if I've ever slingshotted a wrestler to the top of my favorites list as quick as I did after a promo from Brian Danielson. Thought it was absolutely amazing.
1: Uh, I agree with you. I think I'm having a little uh, uh, camera issues. Uh uh, You may have to to continue while I fix this on the backside.
0: All right. Well, then, okay. So after that heartfelt gut punch of a promo, and then we got our acclaimed segments and things like that, we get to our main event. As mentioned before, it is a Falls Count Anywhere match. For the AEW TNT Championship, and this was pretty expected. It started in the back, which was a little bit um, out of the box, and they're hitting each other, doing all the fun things. They make their way to the ring, conveniently, which I always think is funny. Uh, but then they go up to the stage, right? And again, we're talking big moments, big mat moves, all the stuff. But Tim, I don't know if you had in your bingo card, QT Marshall interferes in main event to cost Wardlow, the TNT championship, but that's what happened tonight. What did you think? Of
1: Completely wild. Completely Cutie wild. Marshall. Out of nowhere. Yeah. I love it. Love every minute of it. I, I'm excited to see more, but did not expect it in the slightest.
0: Well, he's our best friend, Cutie Marshall, you know, Cutie is one of our favorites. So uh, it's great to see him in the main event. He had a new shirt. Apparently, uh He said on his Twitter page that the factory is no more. So he's kind of rolling solo. He also is now rolling with Hobbs. Is that what we're to believe that now they're like a power duo? What do you make of the post match? So your new TNT champion. Power S Hobbs. uh is uh, again, your, your TNT champion, but him and Cutie Marshall are hugging and celebrating like they won, uh, like they're two members of the Kansas City Chiefs because they're acting like they won the Super Bowl. What do you think of this pairing of Cutie and Powerhouse Hobbs?
1: I don't hate it. I, I think Cutie is a great manager for somebody, and I'm glad that it's on somebody that actually has some uh, some oomph, some weight here, right? So, somebody that's like we talked about this with stokely hathaway right like great you're one of the best managers out there but when it's all you know lower card guys what does it matter but powerhouse mm-hmm. Hobbs, we've got a good strong mid carder, potential upper card guy down the run here and this is perfect for what a manager is for is getting a guy like that to where he needs to be
0: i agree so yeah we leave dynamite with a new tnt champion a heartfelt promo from Brian Danielson that I think I'm going to remember as part of his character arc for maybe the rest of his career. Hangman delivering yet another heartfelt promo that made you believe every word he said good in ring action, orange Cassidy being the MVP and another great solid episode of dynamite. So uh, very excited. They're going to Canada next week. Have some fun matches uh, up there because, again, I think they kind of go big when they go international. And Canada is not America, so that is international somewhat, even though it's on the same continent. Uh, and then after that, Tim, they come to Independence and we're going to the show here in Kansas City. And Sorry side of- note, but before we get into WWE, I do want to share this. I got my ticket today. I'm going to AEW Slam Dunk. And you go, like, what the fuck is that? Well, AEW Outreach or whatever the fuck it's called that does things in the communities come into Independence. They're going to my high school to play basketball games, and fans, if you bought a ticket, which I did, can play against them in a number of games: three point contest, uh, AEW, which is their version of horse. Uh, you can play them in knockout, uh, a number of of different games. Advertised there is uh, Big Show, Paul White, uh, Kenny Omega, The Young Bucks, Powerhouse Hobbs, Satnam Singh, Jade Cargill. So I tell you what, I'm very excited for them to come to town. I'm very excited for the episode next week. But I think I'm the most excited to be in my old high school and play AEW wrestlers in some good old basketball games.
1: That is super exciting. Uh, I'm I'm I love it when AEW comes to town, and uh, I that is a really cool like extra thing for you especially on there where they're going to your old high school. You're going to go in there, you know, show them up a little bit. Probably dunk on Saturn Singh, like you know, easy. Uh, easy. That's easy work.
0: Let's transition now to WWE. Now, obviously, anyone who's listening, uh, as I said, uh, we're not the biggest fans. Of WWE. However. We can't ignore it. Because we are currently on. The road to WrestleMania. And Tim. For all the shit that I give. AEW. Or excuse me. That I give WWE. And they deserve it. They are doing one thing pretty fucking great. And that is the Sami Zayn. Bloodline. Kevin Owens storyline. So. Tim, did you catch Raw? Did you catch the advancements in this storyline on Monday? I did,
1: night? I did. I like the ending where, for a second there, we thought Jey Uso was was turning his back on his brother, not even turning his back on his brother, but just like not siding with his brother and the bloodline, and being like, "Sammy's right," and and I'm I'm the next one to defect. And right when I, I mean, I was like, "Right, fuck yeah!" Because we've shit on this story for a while of hey they're not really advancing anything they keep telling mm-hmm. us the same thing over and over again and it felt like as soon as we said that because they were listening
0: awesome. that
1: started to change and now it's some of the best wrestling television out there right the the mm-hmm. way they keep advancing the story and it's great mm-hmm. and and right so i'm 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 like happy i'm like fuck yeah right when jay so did that thing to his brother and he comes out there and he hugs sammy i'm like yeah i'm like getting pumped and then we get the super kick and i i Felt almost like when Shawn Michaels uh kicked kicked uh Marty Jannetty. Like, no! Right? Like I had my hopes up. And I love it. Like Jay Uso's gonna be like, you think I would choose you? You think I was gonna choose you? Uh great stuff. I still don't know if that's even fully where this ends up, right? Like maybe jay Uso didn't necessarily side. Fully yet, with you know what I mean, or maybe there's still time to come, right? I, and that's where I think the story is good right now is kind of man, what is happening here? We don't necessarily know what's going on for good reasons, right? So, there was a lot of good stuff from this storyline on Monday night.
0: So, let's even back up to the start of the show. So, we had Kevin Owens versus uh, Solo Sokoa, and before Jimmy and Solo could take advantage of Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn comes down to interrupt. They run off. Sammy offers his hand to Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is like, man, fuck out of here, right? Then Sammy finds him backstage and was like, hey, Kevin, I get it. We don't have to be like the best friends like we used to. We don't have to ride together. We don't have to team together like in tag team matches to go for like the championships, right? But I can't beat these assholes by myself. You can't beat these assholes by yourself but I think we can beat this bloodline together. And Kevin Owens gave him the, uh, I don't know who you think you're talking to speech and told Sammy Zayn, Hey, go just, I messed up. Actually go tell Roman. You'll like him again. Like go back. You, you, I bet you he'll, he'll take you back. You'll, you'll be fine. Just go back and leave Sammy high and dry. Now, as we go to the main event, which is Sammy versus Jimmy, Jay comes down and essentially costs Jimmy the match by being Mm -hmm. a distraction. And Sami Zayn picks up the victory. And now this is where I'm reading into it. And this is what's great is a storyline, like we get in AEW, you can interpret it, but then they'll tell you as it happens. So you might be getting off on some side roads but then they'll get you back into what the story is that they want to tell you right so currently i'm kind of off on a side road i don't know if this is what they're saying but i like it and i'm interested so how i took this main event is jay goes down there because he's conflicted because it's his brother and his best friend who is like his brother fighting each other and so he just has to be there because he can't look away Best seat in the house is to be right next to it. So that's where he's going to be. He sees Jimmy lose. He knows. And again, we're recording this on a Wednesday night. Smackdown has yet to happen. But he knows on Friday, if Jay is not back in the bloodline, Jimmy pays for it. And Jimmy just lost to Sami Zayn. So I think it clicked in his head. Oh, fuck. My brother might get murdered. Because if you recall how this all started, uh, Roman Reigns was going to kill Jimmy in front of Jay until Jay said "I quit" in their "I Quit" match, right? So fast forward to now. So I think when Jay comes into the ring and he holds Jimmy's shirt and is kind of saying, "Like, man, I think if you weren't my brother, I don't know if I would side with you, but you're my brother." And then he rolls to the ring, and I still am thinking but this is legit. He gives Sammy the hug of a life, a hug. That's like, I'm on death row. And this is the last hug I get. Right. And he hugs Sammy Zane. And he's like, I trust you. I love you. And I think he's genuine in that moment.
1: But I got to do he this. Looks, See.
0: And he looks back at Jimmy. And that's when he throws up the one as in, as he said, This is my family. Like, Sammy, you're great, but you're not my brother. Throws up the one. Sammy being just like a a puppy dog who just got adopted is like, this is great. (laughs) He throws it up, too. And then the sidekick right to the heart of Sammy Zane and the world, wrestling world. And then that's when you hear Jay said, you think I was going to choose you? But I don't think he was. I think again, psychoanalyzing it's,
1: it. It's just doing what he has to do.
0: Yeah, he's just yeah. saying it as like a I'm like And maybe And that's what it. I mean. I think
1: maybe this is still to come. Maybe maybe Jay now can can work with Jimmy and be like, hey man, this ain't the right thing, right? And buy some time and get them out or I do like I wanna go back to that Kevin Owens Sami Zayn face off promo. That was really good stuff too. Mm-hmm.
0: Kevin Owens
1: and Sami Zayn even being like, Listen, I, I this isn't even like I get it. Like we're not gonna be friends again. Like I, I get it. It's 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 not replaceable. But that's not even what this is about, right? Like that's whatever. And I think Kevin Owens even being like, "Yeah, man. Like I get that too. But like I st- I still don't want to fucking do this with you, right? Like you get that, right? Like just just fucking leave me alone, right? Like just fucking go away, right? Like just fucking stop, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just stop. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Like the. It's something that only the two of those could do. You know what I mean? Oh, their yeah. Lifetime friendship. And it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. I like that.
0: The, the other detail that I really loved on Monday night came again from Sammy Zayn, And it's when they both throw up the ones before the super kick. If you go back and watch it, Sammy, even though he just fought Jimmy, is yelling into the ring, Jimmy, you have enough time. You can come join us. So he still hasn't closed his heart off from Jimmy Uso. He still thinks like the one that's the corruptible asshole is this guy, right? It's not Jimmy and Jay. They're just pawns in a family Ponzi scheme, for lack of a better term, that only serves Roman Reigns. So even though he just had a match with him and has Aluva kicked him what six times now, he's still yelling to Jimmy like, you have time come, come to me and Jay, not even knowing what was yeah, going to happen next.
1: Not expecting it at all.
0: So now going into Friday, we have the emperor with all his clothes on and the belts in hand walk into the ring with his family intact. We have the most sympathetic WWE baby face in recent memory, probably since Brian or Daniel Bryan. All alone, there is no one now for Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens said, "Kick rocks." The Bloodline says, "We're going to destroy you." And what the fuck does he's he do?
1: Built, he's built this personality and character all along the way. Anyway, that that nobody's really his friend left outside of those groups. Anyway, yeah. right? Like you know, he's he's been an unlikable character leading up to that. Bef- you know, before we made this switch, so there's nobody for Sami Zayn now. There's no boats Man going on to the same.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. there are no boats going to the island to save Sami Zayn. And just rips oh. your heart out. Absolutely. Look, WWE as a company fucking sucks. And I hope they go down because Vince McMahon is a sexual predator and a monster. And those are enablers around him. Storyline
1: wise, though, I fucking love this. This yeah, is really, right? really good. good, good, good. Yeah. Some of the best that they put out in Forever. 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 I agreed. Now
0: let's uh, get on the other foot of this WWE episode of Monday Night Mm -hmm. Raw. We had the return of the legend. Now I told you, I told you, if I have your action figure, I think you're cool. Well, look at that. I have John Cena, right? I have John Cena. I actually have a, uh, where is it? I actually have an NWO John Cena. That's how much I like him. I got two action figures of him. There is moments where John Cena fucking rules. Monday night was not one of them. I told you this off air because I always said I wanted to talk about it. But before I get into my rant, because I'm going to get red in the face and probably pop the microphone a few times. What did you think of John Cena returning to Monday Night Raw to be interrupted by Austin Theory?
1: My takeaway was it was everything you would expect from John Cena, which is why it was bad cuz it was just John Cena comes out and he John Cena's up the place uh, and just it's it's every John Cena promo we've heard. And that's not to say John Cena hasn't had his moments when he does those John Cena promos. But he didn't have one of those moments here, right? It was just kind of filler John Cena stuff for me and I just it didn't leave me looking forward to this match at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I agree. So, so
0: the, the problem I've always had with John Cena, going back to his prime post-Doctor of Thuganomics. Doctor of Thuganomics was great, but it didn't age well because there's a lot of homophobic slurs and you got a small dick and all of that kind of stuff, which he even said at the end of this promo, Austin Theory has a small dick, which is, again, you're in your 40s. What the fuck are you talking about? Anyhow, but after Doctor Thuganomics, my biggest gripe, John Cena was it's the same fucking story with everyone it's I'm the champion or I want to be the champion and after three times I don't fucking care like you got to tell me something different than I'm the champion or I gotta be the champion you did that for 16 fucking years and it was droning it was just mind numbingly stupid that's why we went and gravitated to the cm punks and daniel bryans i mean those guys are good but you get what i'm like that's why we gravitated to him because you were such a oxygen sucking baby face that took everything out of the room now when he came back and he's done this post main event run where he's the hollywood guy that comes back i think he did really well That first time around when Roman Reigns wasn't the bloodline, when he was still like, I'm Roman Reigns with the tactical vest, you know? And he's like, the reason I'm coming back is because you can't do your job, right? What I liked about that, and the the point I want to make here going to Monday night, was when he did that to Roman Reigns, right? he, he said, you're good. You're really good. The thing is, you're not great. And you can get behind that story, or you can understand that story as far as like, okay, John Cena's saying, like, to take this company to the next level that he loves, he's got to prove to Roman Reigns or push Roman Reigns to his limit for the betterment of the company. Fine. Monday night, he comes out and in so many words says, Hey guys, doesn't Austin Theory fucking suck? Why would do we care about Austin fucking Theory, man? This guy is a bitch. Hey, hey, WWE has to fucking put in filler sound because no one fucking cares about Austin Theory. And man, that does not make me as a casual viewer. Yeah, I think he called him WWE.
1: I think he called yeah. like he called him every un like not even like just like mean things, just like. Hey, you're unforgettable. You're boring, right? Like yeah, yeah. All
0: and, of it. and if you're and if you're the John Cena fan, right? Let's take our mind to being a John Cena diehard. Well, then, fuck Austin Theory. I don't care. There's no drama in the match with Austin Theory because John Cena's way better. So where where's the intrigue going into it? Now, again, Austin Theory most likely will win if we're peeking behind the curtain, but the story in kayfabe world. Is John Cena's the greatest of all time and Austin Theory can't even spell his own fucking name. So who fucking cares? Like you did more detriment to the story with your promo than if you just would have showed up, said yes, gave an AA and six fingers and walked out. That would have been better than what you said because it was absolutely ruthless to the company. Because what yeah. you told me is, hey, if you like WWE, watch Peacock. Because that's the shit that's good. Today, this all fucking sucks. Especially this guy who represents the future. He's dog shit. Look at him. He wears fucking sunglasses indoors. He fucking sucks.
1: Yeah, it was bad. It just, it, there wasn't anything. Yeah, it didn't build up a match. Like you said, it just made Austin Theory look like a chump
0: and it made the company look like a chunk because again, I don't mind when it's I'm better than you. And this is why I'm better than you because you cut corners or you don't do it the honorable way. But in every feud, even if you want to take the devil himself, MJF, he gives credit to the person that he's going up against with Brian Danielson. He said, Oh, you guys think that's the greatest wrestler in the world. He's good but he ain't me. And that's the difference. There's always, even when it was Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho, CM Punk, it was always this, Hey, we're not in the same company together. I actually think you're pretty good, but because I'm here, I don't think you're that good because I'm better. And there's the few, but with this, it's God damn it, the fans are making me have to do this because they just want to see you get your ass kicked, Austin, and I guess I'll do it. So, uh, okay. Fuck out of here. That was probably the... I got to choose my words carefully here. That's the worst in kayfabe promo that I can remember. I'd Mm -hmm. say the worst promo, but the worst promo is when Stephanie McMahon led a chant of thank you, Vince, Uh. after he was convinced of being a sexual predator. Let's not forget that
1: yeah uh something we did forget yeah you know we talked about aw dynamite and thus you know as we were doing that we kind of talked about revolution because it was some of the fallout and we missed one match because they didn't reference it or talk about it at all on dynamite of things that happened in revolution look we talked about the iron man match right we talked about the women's championship match we talked about the texas death match we talked about how the guns kept the uh Tag team titles just to set up FDR coming back. We talked about Wardlow. We talked about Jericho and Ricky Starks. We talked about the Elite and House of Black. Uh, You know, they did have a zero hour. You know, that's often throwaway. But Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and Kristen Cage, they didn't mention this on Dynamite at all. They had a final burial match. And Jungle Boy won. But we didn't hear anything about it. What I, think do you, what think I think we did. I think we did. Cut out of here.
0: Well, I think we did, and I missed it unfortunately because I take bad oh. notes. He did, did do it.
1: Remember it, and
0: I, I believe so. I think if I remember, he said this was therapeutic. I saw him as a father. It was really hard for me. Oh, to did do. they do like a little
1: vignette or something? Yeah, but, but it cash. was really yeah, quick, okay, I
0: and it. I think I missed the notes because again, we don't fact check, and yeah, we did it the night before. Usually, I had my notes better when we do it on Thursday. I'm kidding, but I think I missed yeah. it. But with that being said, I thought the match was pretty cool. Honestly, if if I'm being serious, I think the coolest moment was when he shuts the casket and yeah. it immediately drops.
1: It it I, I think I like that. I like that add to it, right? You're shutting the casket and they're dropping him down, which is what happens, you know, when you when mm-hmm. somebody's laid to rest. However, it looked to happen at an unsafe speed. Like that thing, <laughs> <laughs> like it just, the whole thing spun out. I was like, is Christian okay? He got a concussion from that. <laughs>
0: more damage from the casket than he did jungle boy yeah.
1: maybe that's why we didn't hear about it maybe he's dead yeah. maybe we didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I thought it was good i thought i thought with the finish of what it was mm-hmm. i think the only critique i have of it is it was very very good and i was into it a lot taking out the real elements of christian injured his shoulder so that's why we had to prolong this a little bit if this is a movie that doesn't happen you get what i'm saying So I I excuse that, but for the story of what it was, the only thing that I critique is jungle boy did not necessarily tell us, at least in my opinion, how much Christian meant to him. He Mm -hmm. said, Hey man, you did me wrong. What the fuck, which is okay. But when he does the burial and he kind of puts his hands, when he put Christian's hands, like it was a real fucking burial and then looked up and got emotional. I felt like we didn't tell that. We Mm -hmm. just told it right then. Yeah. We didn't say, hey, the reason why I'm so hurt is because my father passed away and I saw you filling those shoes. We didn't really get that. So that, and that's splitting hairs. I'm just, you know. Yeah
1: yeah but, i just yeah. don't know if this is something we're going to continue now or if it's done done if we're going to get the whole i laid jungle boy to rest when i laid christian you know i mean i who knows maybe we won't um but i'm interested to see what happens next for jack perry i suppose uh i mentioned the zero hour and there was a zero hour match but the mm-hmm. absolute most entertaining thing about zero hour was rj city that oh, guy <laughs> doing the backstage promos uh the interviews when he asked Hobbs he was like so can I see it <laughs> and he was like what and he was like it can I see it and he was like it's pretty big isn't it he's like oh you want to see it and he's like you want to see, it? Like, wanna see it right now and he like holds up the the big brass ring and he's like wow he's like my ring is way smaller
0: <laughs> just yeah love it. and then look, and then like what are you wearing as if it's an Oscar red carpet I thought yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I also thought Renee Paquette doing yeah. a in-the-audience type of pre-show where there's no desk. She's just standing mm-hmm. there taking direction in her ear and then running with it live on, on the YouTube pre-show. I thought that was very impressive as well. Going back, yeah. though, real quick to the Jungle Boy Christian thing. The one thing, though, that still sticks out to me like a sore thumb is – and again, breaking kayfabe, I know there's a lawsuit – But he's got to come back, you think. What are we doing with Luchasaurus?
1: Where does he fall in all of this? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, where does he fall in all of this? And then where does he fall outside of it later, right? Like we, yeah, I know there is this lawsuit over the mask, but man, I, I, yeah. (laughs) A lot of stuff still to be shored up. That's why I kind of don't know if maybe we're necessarily done with this. But I also don't know that I want them to continue with it at the moment so i don't know yeah i i almost want to
0: see luchasaurus be brought back to AEW by someone else someone not spooky necessarily needs but a
1: monster somebody needs a monster to to achieve their their thing yeah. right maybe a cutie or, or something or what you know although he's doing the thing with hobbs
0: or if you want to bring him back as a baby face, give it enough time. And you say Brody King is running rampant on Rampage. And then here comes Luchasaurus to say, Brody King, you ain't the big monster on the
1: block. Yeah. Or even if he's healed, have him be in the House of Black. Have him be the next,
0: you know what I mean? Oh, that'd be cool. He just makes dinosaur noises the entire time. He never actually yeah.
1: talks. Right. Ah! Yeah. He just appears yeah. out of things, right? Like just. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even have to be source Just if you're if you're embroiled in this lawsuit or whatever, then just have him be something else for the time being, mm-hmm. right? And be man-powered. And then Jungle
0: Boy, him and Jungle Boy can reconcile. Back to my original thing, mm-hmm. where it's a I'm a dinosaur. That's still the best story. Dinosaur. <laughs> yes, That's,
1: because then yeah, he could be so He's a man. Right? He's just yeah. he's just a man. Yeah. That's the thing. The House of Black could break him down. You're not a dinosaur. You're a man. You know what I mean? Like you're. Or or you're a spirit or any whatever, yeah. right? You're not a dinosaur. You're just, you know what I mean? Like maybe you were millions of years ago, but your spirit now is with the yeah. House of Black, right?
0: Yeah. And the baby face turn as Jungle Boy says, like, no, man, you were you were my dinosaur. You are a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur. This
1: dinosaur.
0: <laughs> I might like, pitch that at the basketball game on Tuesday night. Yes. If Tony Khan's there, I'm like, look, motherfucker, I got one story I need to tell you that you need to go with. Here it is. Give me 20 minutes. I'll go back home. I got it, it f- written out. I'll bring it back oh, to
1: you. It fits so great with with the AW crowd too because if he's in mid ring and he yells out, "I'm a dinosaur," the crowd is going to go nuts. <laughs> They're going to go nuts. There's going to be "I'm a dinosaur" signs and shirts. Oh. You'll be rich oh thanks to us, Tony Khan.
0: Oh, you make dinosaur hats? Like, you know, the little kids that wear the the onesies and it has like the dinosaur things on their hood? You yep. get little dinosaur uh, hoodies like that? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Just,
1: I wear, I'm a dinosaur shirt. People be like, and then the hood. Yeah. yeah, and the hood <laughs> yes. is the little bumps. Yes. Oh, my God. Love it. Love Tell it. anyway. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, we need to take a break. We need to get out of here. Uh, we've had enough technical difficulties for one week. I think we, we've talked a bunch. Oh, what do you got?
0: I'll say this. Tony Khan, when I do see you at the basketball game at William Chrisman, if you don't like the story that I pitched to you, just say orange. The Spanish announce table.